This is Nick Jones from the Pot of Thunder podcast, and you are listening to Podcast. All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best, you got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. Put on the fake energy can. Let's go. Smack yourself in the face a few times. Showtime, baby. And welcome to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today. And we are continuing our look at Creatures of the Night. But before we get on to that, I'd like to bring in one of our esteemed panelists here at the podcast. The one, the only, Julian Gill. Julian, it is so good to have you back at the mighty elder table here at Podkiss Central. Welcome to the show again, sir. Ken, you know, it's always an honor and a privilege to share anything with you. Well, thank you very much. Remember that when I ask you for that stuff you can't share, so... (laughs) (laughs) So you have a book out right now. Would you like to tell folks about that? Yeah, we do. Tim McFade and myself have put together what we are calling the definitive exploration on music from the elder everyone's favorite kiss album and in it you know there's uh, 530 odd pages of deep interviews with those associated with the creation of what some consider an abomination i consider it to be a glorious wonderful mess probably the best mess ever made paul's always quick to say it's a, it's a great album it's not a great kiss album but i don't know who you know which band it is i know some people think it might be rush or something but i just think it's a great album period and it's something that i've grown to love over the years yeah shortcut of it is is that coming off of unmasked which i now love at the time that was not my kiss hearing the oath was just music to my ears literally so (laughs) You, you know what it's such a beautiful accident whether or not it worked out as they intended as you'll see from the numerous absolutely numerous interviews that tim conducted with so many people that there is such a a passion in the creation of this failure and it's really nice to dig into it regardless of it being a commercial success or not Mm -hmm. to look at what they were trying to do what they hoped for and what ultimately didn't happen so you know absolute kudos to tim for tracking down all these people i mean right down to the guy who built the door used for the cover of the album amazing so this is the kind of stuff that you're going to want to be reading about when you pick up odyssey and 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 the full title again is odyssey the definitive examination of music from the elder kisses controversial cult classic concept album and it's available in paperback and hardback itunes and kindle so we want to encourage all of our listeners if you're listening to the podcast you are not a casual kiss fan be picking up that book wherever fine books are sold i know myself i have it for the kindle and i will be getting a hardback version of it you know make my kiss library complete well thanks kent you know i certainly appreciate your support and tim and i both appreciate all the support and love that we've had from fans about the book it's made the project a very personally rewarding experience for us both Mm -hmm. indeed Well, while you're here, I'd like to talk a little bit about something that's going on out in L.A., a little bit of KISS news here. Could you tell us about the L.A. KISS Expo and what's going on out there? Well, you know what? As a West Coast KISS fan, I'm jealous 
jealous, jealous when I hear about the Kiss Expos in the Midwest or on the East Coast. And finally, someone is brave enough to conduct another L.A. Kiss Expo. It's going to be held January the 27th through January the 29th, 2017 in Hollywood. You know, go to LAKissExpo.com for all the details. But on the 27th, Peter Chris is going to be conducting a platinum meet and greet experience with fans in the evening. On Saturday the 28th, it's the actual expo itself from uh, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. And on January the 29th, Peter Chris will be conducting an L.A. landmark guided tour, which I'm sure many people will be interested to get Peter's take on various locations throughout Hollywood and Los Angeles. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to expect. This is this is amazing. I, I've never... Uh... The mind boggles when we think about what that might entail. So get to hang around Peter Chris as he guides you around L.A. That's kind of, wow. <laughs> I have no words. That's, that's a first. In 10 years of this show, I have no words. And don't forget, Peter's got quite a few L.A. connections. Not only, obviously, did where Kiss, you know, recording Hotter Than Hell out there, mm-hmm. but, you know, a lot of his solo stuff was recorded out there. Right. So, you know, he, he's got history and, you know, for everything that you might think, well, what does Peter have to do with L.A.? He's a Brooklyn guy. Well, go on the tour and find out. Mm-hmm. Well, people always seem to, you know, think of Kiss as a New York band. And while that is, is a truism, you can also say that they became an L.A. band almost as soon as possible. You know, whether it was where they wound up living or where they wound up, uh, you know, recording and where their basis was. They're as much an L.A. band as they were a New York band in some ways. That's true. While Casablanca Records may have started in a penthouse in New York, they mm-hmm. moved out to California as soon as they could because that's where the industry is. Absolutely. So we want to encourage folks to check that out. But there's another reason we're talking about the L.A. Kiss Expo. I believe it has something to do with that elder book we were talking about earlier. Would you like to tell folks what's going on? Yeah, absolutely, Ken. You know, Tim and I don't live near each other, so we're both going to be attending this and making an appearance to sign copies of the Odyssey and Gene Ace, Peter and Paul books. Obviously, Tim was a co-author of that, even though he's not on the on the cover. Inside, you'll see his name. He conducted many of those interviews. So we're going to both be there. I've already signed the copies, but, you know, we're going to be selling autographed copies of both books, and it's going to be really the only opportunity we have to get both our signatures on books for people because we won't be signing any extras to sell elsewhere. Simple as that. This is basically the one opportunity for those who do like to have signed books by the authors. So folks, if you're in the LA area or or you are making that trip, make sure that you don't waste this opportunity. Do not squander this. Do not have a kissed opportunity. Get your signed edition of Odyssey. So they'll be looking for you out at the LA Kiss Expo. And, and those dates again are? January the 27th through January the 29th, 2017, with the actual L.A. Kiss Expo occurring on Saturday the 28th. You know, they should get the L.A. Kiss uh, girls out there. That, that, would, that would make it worth it for me. To, to go well, you know what? I believe they do need work, actually. Yeah. Ouch. Zing. <laughs> Julian, are there other acts going to be there? Yeah, there are. David Donato and Eddie Carl Nick are going to be there, and and David was of course the lead singer of White Tiger, Mark St. John's post Kiss project. Yes, and Eddie was his manager. Performing will be Pris, 
the female tribute to Kiss. One of the best looking Kiss tribute bands from my perspective is a uh, guy who likes pretty women in Kiss makeup. Hell yeah. And also <laughs> performing a Q&A and signing autographs will be Kiss artist Ken Kelly. Oh, that he's always, always wonderful. And, uh, you know, such iconic art. It's going to be nice for the folks out on the West Coast to be able to go to this event. Without a doubt. So check out LAKissExpo.com. They apparently will have other guests announced soon. Yes, more, more coming, as they say to be announced later. So be checking out LAKissExpo.com for more details as they are announced. While we have you here, Julian, you know we've been talking about Creatures of the Night. I think everybody's been talking about Creatures of the Night with Kiss kind of returning to an old form in a sense. Kiss uh, shocked everybody this last year, announcing that Creatures was going to be the theme of the Kiss Cruise this year. And the thing that was the most shocking to me is after they did the Kiss Cruise, they took the outfits and they basically did the same set list in front of a large festival crowd, correct? That is absolutely correct. And I was beyond stunned when news came through that they had actually performed in Monterey wearing those costumes and performing the same set that they had done on the Kiss Cruise. Absolutely amazed. I It just blows my mind. It, the, the, the kind of uh, uh, narrative about Kiss is that they're on autopilot. But every once in a while, they throw something so left field at us that it kind of puts a little shock to the system. You truly never know with Kiss, do you? You really don't. And that's what you know keeps them refreshing. You, a lot of us armchair quarterbacks complain about the same old, same old. Oh, they play the same set all through this tour. But we didn't go to any shows, and most people are only going to go to one. So what's mm -hmm. the difference? But here they are. They've come off the boat. They've had a few days that they could have put back on the old costumes and done a set, which I guess we could call more standard. But instead, they went out there and gave the fans, you know, come on, the Mexican metal maniacs really deserve to be given the full treatment, and they got it in Monterey. November 12th is a night you will never forget. Nobody forgets their first kiss. Rock and roll hell. Just waiting for his time to come 
amazing. And you know, whether whether you uh, think it's controversial that they're in those outfits or not, I just think it's great to see uh, this lineup continue to celebrate the entire history. You know, I'm waiting for them to wear the uh, asylum outfits myself, but. Uh, I don't think I've had any nightmares lately, Ken. So if <laughs> if you're waiting for Asylum, you know, as much as I love that album, I'll just stick with the music for that one, and the neon can go. Yeah, well, it's kind of a joke, but, you know, I wouldn't put it past him at this point. It's kind of like with Kiss, you just never know. Never say never. I mean, look at that. Remember when Unplugged happened? Never say never. Remember when the when the reunion happened? Never say never. And now we have the creatures outfit. So that's how cool is that? It's pretty neat. It's I, so cool. But here, you know, they're willing to pick and choose from the history. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's their history and yep. they can do so. And as fans, you can either complain about it or you can sit back, buckle up and enjoy it when it happens because you never know what they're going to do. You never know if they won't do it again. So enjoy it for what it is and revel in the moment because, you know, there was a band performing the other night before Kiss mm-hmm. at the festival that was playing its last ever mm-hmm. live performance. And I'm talking about Twisted Sister, a band that there's a lot of parallels with our beloved Kiss with. So mm-hmm. just think about that. One of these days, Kiss will perform their very last show. So enjoy every moment while they continue to give things to us as fans, directly or indirectly. We live in great times if you can just open up your eyes to see it. Appreciate what you've got, not what you don't have. Right. And like I said, we've been focusing on creatures a little bit here on the Mighty Podcast. So I'd like to kind of get your thoughts on Creatures proper, the album and the tour, and just just your thoughts on the album, if I could. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? Creatures for me will always be that album with Bruce on the cover, because that's the period that I entered into the history of the band. So... I always see that image, but I always hear one thing when I think of Creatures, and that is the bombastic drumming of Eric Carr. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's a very melancholy experience. In one way, every time I hear a song from that album, it's a celebration of Eric's life and what he has left us as a musician, as an artist. But it's also very sad that every time I hear that, I think that we lost him so many years ago, and we never knew what he could have done as his career continued. So the music, it's just magical. It's amazing. It is a fantastic reaction to everything that had gone before in the preceding three years for the band. It was them putting their foot down and saying, the rot stops here. This is what we are about. This is what we can do. And this is what we're going to do. We're not going to try and be an artistic band. We're not going to try and be an adult friendly band we're not going to be what you think we're going to be this it's a it's a statement and that's what's so wonderful about every single one of the tracks on the album i agree 100 percent. you know it's interesting that you talk about your creatures is in a sense the one with bruce kulik on the cover for such uh, an iconic thing in our kiss fans collective mind it's not one thing period at all because you've got Ace on the cover, and to some people, Ace is their creatures. To some people, Vinny is their creatures. And now you bring another permutation into it, the Bruce Kulik creatures. And <laughs> if you look at who actually played on the album, it's a lot of other people too. So 
for this being such an iconic moment in our collective history, it really is quite diverse and open to interpretation as to what you enjoy or how you enjoy it. Yeah, it's very strange, but then again, it's also very Kiss that you've got all these different perspectives of what you might see visually when you hear a song. Mm -hmm. And for many years, I wasn't able to find that blue cover. I didn't know it existed until I was in a store in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and I found a copy, and I was like, whoa, blue cover, what's that? I was amazed, and the the Singapore pressing, which it was, was so vibrant and blue, it was really outstanding. It's already iconic as a cover uh, in mm -hmm. the KISS catalog, but it absolutely jumped off, and it changed my perception of the album. So while I may still see that Bruce cover, the blue cover really, really is a statement. And just, I, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be a KISS fan in 1982. Here you go from a cartoon cover from Unmasked, a urban camouflage wood door effect for the elder, and then you've got Creatures of the Night, which kind of harkens back to the very first KISS album, but uh, takes it up a few dozen notches. Yeah, I was going to mention that, how it's a parallel to the first KISS album in a sense. Oh, it's very Beatle-y in its yeah. pose. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you could imagine a Beatles album cover being the same pose and have it be one of those iconic uh, album covers that we see and celebrate to this day. And it, it, just, it just speaks to how blessed we are as KISS fans that we can have all these different ways of looking at the same thing and... It's just an amazing album. What do you think of it sonically and favorite tracks of, on the album and such? I think from a sonic perspective, it is one of the very, very best produced Kiss albums ever. I, I think when I rank it, you know, it's up there with Rock and Roll Over for me. And it's just absolutely stunning what Michael James Jackson did with Gene and Paul to mm -hmm. make that album you know, stand the test of time as well. I mean, it sounds as fresh and as, I guess, raw and aggressive as it did back in 1982 or for me in 1987 or 8 when I first really heard it. So it, it stands the test of time, and I think that is a mission of a producer to have something that is timeless, and they accomplished it, but not only because of how the production is, but how the performances are. Every single one of the people who contributed to that album, whether credited, uncredited, known or unknown, really brought the same sort of attention to detail that had been uh, a, a real signature of the elder. There, there was a passion and a love for what they were creating, even if it was, you know, imperfections are left because that's rock and roll. So it sounds to me as one of the definitive Kiss albums sonically. As for the tracks, I mean, how does one pick favorites? I guess it's easier for me to start and say, you know, I'm not a big fan of Danger, but for me, that's the only real low point on the album. I Still Love You, for me, is one of Paul Stanley's greatest vocal performances captured in the studio through his whole career. It is absolutely stunning, and it was the first real power ballad in the band's catalog. Yeah, because it wasn't... Uh with a symphony or, uh, you know, something aimed at AM radio.
one song that is, is one of those tragic things where this should have been one of those FM staples. You know how like sometimes the DJ would, uh, I don't know whether he's eating a, a, a you know, McDouble or what, what, what the hell's going on in the studio, but they'll play these little uh, extra long songs, you know, like the Scorpions, the Zoo, or so on and so forth. And this seems like this should have been one of those FM radio staples. Oh, without a doubt. I'm sure they could have edited it down to the sub four minute, um, you know, preferred format for radio. It, I, it would have been a great single. I mean, as much as I love, I love it loud. I, and it makes sense how they used it as the lead off single in the U.S. I think they could have gone much further with I Still Love You as a single. And to just imagine having if you'd heard that on the radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would know, number one, that is Paul Stanley. Absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt and the weird thing is is that if given the musical climate let's say two years later where you had like every band be it uh you know Dawkins or whoever that was in the, the the hard rock metal you know genre they would do this thing where they'd have the 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 fast fun heavy song and then the slow song and then another, you know, mid-tempo song. song. So th- you kind of had that pattern repeat time after time after time. This, you know, if it would have been 1985, for example, and Creatures would have came out, we would have had I Love It Loud, then I Still Love You, and then, you know, probably War Machine. Yeah, and it's such a shame for the band that, that you know, I Love It Loud just messed around in the bubbling under section of the singles charts. Right. I mean, it was in there, I think, for five or six weeks, going 109, 103, mm-hmm. eventually gets up to 102. 
but for the band, you know, they just didn't get the respect that they really deserved for this album, uh, which is it's such a shame. But considering how it was the first foundational step of a comeback, right. you know, kind of adjusting to the 80s properly, you know, I think we can look back at it and say, well, look, what song's still in the set list? Exactly. Oh, yeah. I Love It Loud. War Machine. You know, and Creatures. Creatures of the Night. And yeah. recently, of course, Keep Me Coming's been, you know, thrown into the set as a treat. So they've got the material on here that's definitely stood the test of time. And it, it proves just how good the album is. I mean, other favorite tracks on there for me is Killer. And that's the one I was praying and begging and hoping and cajoling. You know, I was just hopeful that that was going to be one that they performed on the Chris Cruz just so that I could hear that one live. They've never done it. Right. Um, I, I love Vinny's lyrics in there, and you can tell which parts are his. Yeah. Just, just a fantastic song. I, I prefer that to just about everything else. Creatures of the Night. Is there a better opening track in the 80s? Um, yes and no, depending on your perspective. But it is, uh, again, going to use the word bombastic. What an introduction. You know, they really nailed it in the 80s, knowing how to lead off an album with a de declaration of their intent for that album. It's it's such an excellent album and such an excellent time. And I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, I, I don't know what your next book is, but I think that there's an audience out there for a Kiss, Julian Gill, Kiss FAQ, Creatures book. What do you think? You know, it, it would be a great thing to do one. I wouldn't do it without Tim because of his musical knowledge. He speaks a language about the musicality that is so critical to investigate when doing any of these books. And, you know, his passion is just uh, central to what has made the Gene Ace, Peter and Paul books and Odyssey a success. But I think the problem in trying to do anything about Creatures or Lick It Up is Vinny where it's possible to exclude members of the band from the books that we've done because you're getting all of these other opinions and analysis from people who are participating in the creation of the albums. With Creatures, you really have to have Vinny. You really have to have Ace and the story of what was going on behind the scenes. You also have to have Michael James Jackson as a producer, and he's been very reticent to have anything, you know, publicly, uh -huh. um, you know, said. I, I can't remember the last time I read anything about him or an right. interview with him. And, you know, we were able to get some good interviews with producers like Jeff Glicksman previously, the first uh -huh. ever in-depth interview. And you'd have to give Michael James Jackson the same treatment for a Creatures book. And, I, you know, I just don't see it happening. And you also really need Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons for this because it falls in a period where they're recovering from a nearly mortal body blow. Ace is leaving the band. They're having to keep up appearances. There's all the stuff at the record label that they're trying to protect with their, with their contract with Phonogram. That this is one that I would want to speak with them. So, you know, maybe a Ken Sharp book, you know, because obviously he has a relationship with the band might be more suitable than a Julian Gilton McFate book. Hmm. Well, maybe there could be a Justice League of Kiss authors there, and maybe you guys could all three do something. Who knows? We will see what, what time unravels for us, but uh, I'm just telling you that I think that there is a hunger for information about this era and uh, what an era it is in, indeed. 
Yeah, and you know, there's so much about the era. I mean, talk, think about the tour as well. Touring with Night Ranger, Wendy O. Williams. I mean, bless her, she's no longer with us, so it wouldn't be possible to get her perspective. But there are other members of that band. And of course, Motley Crue, who toured with the band at the final you know, run of U.S. dates. So there is, there's so much that could be done with this. We'll have to, I guess, wait and see what happens in the future. Agreed, agreed 100%. You know, you, you really have to thank God for Eric Carr. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, thank God for Eric Carr because he really kept Kiss going. You also can't count out the spirit of Gene and Paul. When they're down and, the you know, the chips are down and their backs are against the wall, they come out swinging. Yeah, just think of what it felt like to be Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley in 1982 after the Elder fiasco. They have put everything into creating an album that they didn't necessarily want to even record. You know, they had to have product. They had to have Kiss 17. And they fail. I say the measure of a person is how you respond to failure, how you respond to adversity. And if you take Creatures of the Night as a reaction to failure, then those are two gentlemen, and I have to use that term, who really stood up and said, we are not down, we will not surrender, we will not give up, we will not lie down and cry in tears and moan about the world being unfair to us. This is our reaction, that we are going to put everything into proving you wrong. Critics be damned. Creatures of the night is something that every human being should use as a response to adversity, to not surrender, to not quit. Never quit, never surrender. Hoorah. <laughs> What, what, what movie is that from? Tim? Oh, from Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. The takeoff of Star Trek, the lampoon of Star Trek. Oh, I've seen it. I love it. I love that movie. Sigourney Weaver never looked better. I got the DVD right here. So. I love that movie. Yeah, I've, I've, always, I've found her attractive at times, but when she's a blonde and that, you know, anyhow. <laughs> Zoiks! Yeah, so... Well, we want to thank you for dropping by today, for sharing your love of Creature and letting us all know about the L.A. Kiss Expo. And we, again, want to encourage people to pick up Odyssey, the book by Julian Gill and Tim McFate, where they discuss the Elder. And we will be having an upcoming series of Elder shows, and we will have you back on to talk in depth about your book, sir. Thank you for not hanging up on me, Ken. I'm going to go and listen to Creatures now. All right. Well, you enjoy that, and we will love it loud together. Absolutely. Bye. Bye now. Hey, this is Nick, co-host of The Pot of Thunder, the only KISS podcast that breaks down the entire KISS song catalog one track at a time. Every week we have a new song chosen at random and we do our best to analyze it. We talk about KISS-related topics and non-KISS-related topics, all the while trying not to kill each other. If you like the sound of that, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and especially on iTunes. Pot of Thunder! Now, we welcome to the podcast somebody who I've wanted to get on this show for a very long time. 
one of the things I love about podcasting is is what happens out there, and and you get to hear all these different views and things. And you know, one of the really cool things about the Kiss podcasting community is that there's all sorts of shows that are out there. And when I'm not making the podcast, I'm usually listening to these guys, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to introduce Nick Jones from Pod of Thunder. Thank you very much, Mr. Mills. It is an honor, and uh, I have to say, um, you you guys on the podcast, you guys are the you guys are the guys, in my opinion. But yet, Andy always says on your show that he is the oh, the, the, the well, recognized symbol of excellence. My, that's my little brother, and, <laughs> and uh, I just haven't gotten around to straightening straightening him out yet. Well. Know? I personally think it is part of the standard of uh, excellence. So there. Uh, yes, it's a it's a bold proclamation. Well, that's that's the kiss way of doing things, right? That's true. Yeah, good point. You, you swing for the fences. You don't do it half ass. You do it no. whole ass. <laughs> yeah, you take your pants all the way off. Yeah, and we here at the podcast are, are <laughs> we're, we're not half ass. We're 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 assholes. So. <laughs> Uh, you guys are fantastic. Um, well, thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Seriously, I, I was uh, I was talking to somebody backstage before. No, I, I, was it I was vodka and to, orange juice? <laughs> I was talking to somebody um, just about doing the the Kiss podcast and mm-hmm. everything like that. And my, if it were, you know, because it's the three of us that do it. My, me, myself, uh, Andy, my brother, and uh, Chris, our friend Chris, and. The uh, the three of us, of course, come to a compromise. You know, the the way the show goes, it's it's a mixture of all three of us. There are kind of you get you get the feel for what the other guys are going to go for. You know, and you kind of you kind of go with that. And if it were entirely up to me, um, I would probably end up doing one that's like podcast. It would be a second-rate podcast, basically, because the way that you guys kind of cut in, cut out, you know, you'll add echo to somebody. Right. You guys are talking about something like that. Add little effects, little sound clips. That's that's something that I tend to favor. So, you know. But well, I, don't ha- I don't have to put all that work in. I just listen to podcasts. Well, you would fit right in because I've been doing second-rate podcasts since I <laughs> took over. So. so for those who have not yet listened to the great Pot of Thunder podcast... Could you please tell our listeners, if they haven't listened to the great Pot of Thunder podcast, why they should and what it's about? Well, I've never heard the great Pot of Thunder podcast, but I'll tell you about ours. <laughs> Basically, it's, uh, I don't know, I think it was Chris or Andy uh, came up with the, one of them came up with the name and just wanted to do a podcast, and uh, the other one came up with the gimmick, which is randomly pick one song and dedicate an entire episode to, uh, I guess, if you want to call it an analysis or just some sort of commentary, like spontaneous commentary on that one song. And the the goal is, and so far we've been doing okay, is to get through the entire catalog. So, you know, when it, whenever we're done, it'll be, you know, every single song off of every single studio album will have been covered. So you guys are almost like in the same condition as the Mystery Science Theater guys where you're in a trapped in this thing and you can only get out once you have done every Kiss song proper. 
I guess so, yeah. I don't know to what extent it's voluntary or not, but yeah. But you three have committed to do this, and uh, we have, we have committed to it, yeah. And it, and it's great the uh, a great mixture of personality between Andy Jones, Nick Jones, and Chris Lathrop. It's just lots of fun, and you know if you're taking Kiss too seriously, you might be doing it wrong. Yeah, uh, there is that, and there's a, a perfect argument that could be made uh, for not taking them too seriously is go watch Kiss Exposed. Exactly, know? or Kiss Meets the Phantom, or well, yeah, anything. Watch, watch things that they themselves have put out. See, it's weird because I look at Kiss, you know, I take Kiss incredibly seriously because I love their music. I've been a fan since 1975. But on the other hand, if you can't laugh at Kiss, you're missing the other part of the equation. You know, there's some of this stuff is just so over the top, it's not meant to be taken on face value. There's there's a little wink and a nod, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, nudge, it, nudge, grin, grin, oh, yeah. wink, say no more, you know. But I'm telling you, this may surprise some people that are listening, that I, a Kiss fan who is so... Uh, in the in the Kiss world and and so studied in the ways of Kiss, if you will, that I actually learned something from listening to you guys because you guys you guys don't have every song memorized or you know there's some some songs that for example you might have had the cassette of back in the day that you didn't get the CD of yet and so on and mm-hmm. so forth, but it, it's it's amazing because it actually makes the song new to me in so many ways. Yeah, and it's. Uh... I'll go, I'll think about a song we haven't done yet. And Mm -hmm. then I'll think, I'm probably going to say this, or the discussion will probably go like this. And then uh, we'll get to the song. And it, it, a lot of the times, the points that I thought I have to make, they, there's usually not an opportunity for them to come out. So um, it's, it's in the whole discussion. Right. The whole discussion with the other two guys, honestly, no idea where it's going to go. For some reason, we will talk about random people. Like a, a lyric will make us think of Yule Gibbons for some reason, and then oh, we talk God. about we talk about Yule Gibbons. For, I don't know why. And, and uh, scrounging for various foodstuffs and, yeah, and, yeah. and various and other items. That's that's a <laughs> thing that uh, happens. It seems to be primary is kind of getting something to have fun with in the song lyrically that that seems mm-hmm. to be a high priority a lot of the time like that we try to you know put some serious analysis if we can if if we're capable of it it's it seems to just trying to make each other laugh like right the, like I, we'll kind of be fish eyeing around the room like okay i'm gonna kind of give a wink to this guy and say something that try to make him laugh and hopefully uh you know a person that doesn't know us that's listening to it might find something funny as well. Well, to me, I feel that the show's so good that it it could be on Sirius XM. Seriously, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Because um, even 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 once you guys are done talking about Kiss, it's just the stuff talking about your everything from uh, uh, you know what kind of pizza you're getting to uh, the bowel <laughs> movements that you have to any sort of thing. And believe me, folks, it's worth checking out. And the more you listen, the more you get in on the jokes. And it's it's definitely worth uh, checking out. And, you know, for a lot of people, they might listen to it. I remember the first couple times I listened to it, people were, were encouraging me to listen to it. And you would bring up every 
okay, I'll, I'll just explain it. <laughs> there's, there's just no way of avoiding this. You guys have this thing called the Random Song Generator, ah, which yes. in its former life once belonged to George Michael and the George Michael Sports Machine. It actually was the George Michael Sports Machine. And that every, is what we say. Yeah, that is what you say. And then <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> of every episode, after they check in and talk about what their week was like or what's going on in the world, they find a piece of KISS merchandise. And the problem with some KISS merchandise is you guys create some really wacky shit. <laughs> like the Gene Simmons Chia Pet, for example. Ah, okay. But when I first heard your show, the <laughs> couple that you did there the first times, so I'm like, I just have never heard of this product yet. What the <laughs> fuck's going on? So <laughs> there were a few of them that were so close to being real that they weren't parody. Most of them are clearly parody items, you know. <laughs> but well, uh, I mean, the whole the whole uh, gimmick. What I what I like to repeat on, uh, you know, oh, where does this stuff come from? And, well, any serious Kiss fan has a room dedicated to their their Kiss museum, their private yeah. Kiss museum. Uh, obviously, any or, self-respecting Kiss fan. Or a Kiss room like Matt Porter's Kiss room, our sister there, show. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, yes, the Kiss room. Yeah, it's uh, another uh, high quality. Kiss podcast uh, that, that I have listened to, of course. And um, what's the, uh, you know what, I never really 100% understood. What's the relationship between the podcast and the Kiss Room? Uh, the Kiss Room is kind of like the live version of the podcast, and we're like the, where we break down the songs and the albums uh, track by track, and we get into the more of the minutiae here. The Kiss Room is a live Kiss party, live on the radio, broadcast around the world. It actually airs on a radio station in Pennsylvania. And then we take that episode that went all over the universe, because broadcast all over the, the net, and then we put it down as a downloadable po- podcast as well. So we're kind of like uh, a two-headed monster. Okay. Yeah, because I know that uh, there was, you know, some of the same individuals on, you know, so I'm yeah. just trying to keep it straight. I'm hoping now that you'll be part of things more here at the podcast, for example. Oh, sure. Excellent. Because today we're talking, we're continuing our look at Creatures of the Night. And I know that this is an album that is very important to you. Would you like to tell us why you love Creatures of the Night so much? What is it about it? Um, basically, I mean, what it comes down to is that it's just a tremendous album. There's not a, there's not a bad moment on the album, really. It's one of those rare albums that, to me, is just perfect. So, and that—that's basically what it comes down to. I—I was—I I don't have the history of being. I wasn't able to be a fan of mm-hmm. Kiss in, you know, the mid '70s. I wasn't around yet. Right. Um, so my kind of introduction to them was some of the stuff they would play. Well, it was MTV. Some of the stuff you would see, like current stuff on dial and TV, like I always talk about the Crazy Nights video yeah. was was a big one for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, being like seven years old when that came out or something like that. But then Headbangers Ball, which I would fall asleep usually <laughs> when it would <laughs> when it would be on, but we would always set the VCR and record it and then, you know, the next morning kind of fast forward through videos we didn't care for and then just hoping to see a kiss video, usually. And yeah. one one tape we had, we got I Love It Loud. Oh wow! Which uh, it's still like just such a great video. I it's and to me at that point, 
Kiss had such mystique to me because I wasn't around really for the makeup era, the mm-hmm. original makeup era. So the the mystique was big too, and we had, you know, Eric Carr in makeup in a in a bona fide you know music video on MTV. So there was just so much going on, and it just such a wonderful video. And then when I ended up hearing the album, it just blew me away. Sonically, what do you think of the album? I think it's maybe their best. Um, Revenge is also up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go back and forth as far as the sound, but uh, to me, it might be their best one sonically. It's the, it's the most intense. It's the biggest sounding. Definitely from a drum standpoint. I mean, that is Eric Carr's album in that respect. You know. Yeah, definitely. And and vocally, Gene and Paul. I don't know that they'd ever been better. Yeah, the, it, it's it's hard to find a. Uh, a better album to represent the metal side of Kiss, if you will. Yeah. Is Kiss metal? Because there, there are, what, like 5,000 sects of metal? <laughs> So I'm sure you can argue that they fit into one of them. Yeah. See, it was Um, weird because when I was growing up, I remember having albums called Heavy Metal Explosion, and there'd be (laughs) Kiss, Uriah Heep, Led Zeppelin, Alice (laughs) Cooper, Deep Purple, and stuff like that. Like like Frankenstein would be on that album or something. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Godzilla and Frankenstein. Yeah. So there you, you know, Blue Oyster Cult was metal. So. It was weird because at some point metal became like there's God of Thunder, and then it became like, and it's just you know here's dogs barking to uh, a a drill press. That's you know which which has no swagger, no sexuality. It's just brutality. There's nothing. Yeah, brutality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's a place for that. You know, there's a place for everything. But I have a hard time saying that this isn't metal, but this is, you know, dogs barking, you know, well, I, is metal. I think, I think most people would say that, like, Motorhead was metal. Yeah. But I don't, but didn't, didn't Lemmy always claim that they were just rock and roll turned up, basically? Oh, yeah, yeah. Know, as high, as loud as they could turn it up. Basically, um, anything that rocks can be metal. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that includes everything from the hairspray metal to thrash to whatever you know to me mm-hmm. it's it all it all fits on the uh, hard rock slash metal category yeah i mean i always think megadeth for, yeah for yeah that like if somebody says metal immediately like megadeth is the first thing that comes to mind but it's weird we've gotten to a point where even someone will look at early metallica and uh megadeth and go yeah but that's not metal you know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it has to get louder and louder and bigger well, that, that, and that probably has something to do with how many varieties there are now. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'd say I don't know if Kiss is metal. Um, if if they are, then Creatures is, is that version. Yeah, absolutely. I agreed 100%. That's nice for Daddy. Now, what did you think as a youngster, uh, fine young Kiss fan that you are, <laughs> you... You went and you know you saw the two different album covers. There's one Creatures of the Night with the, the the proper album cover, and then there's the one that they reissued with Bruce Kulick and Eric Carr on the cover. 
Well, um, I was confused and naive, uh, <laughs> as, as I remain to this day. Um, you know, like something, I guess a little, tiny little story I'll, I'll give you that's uh, similar, but will kind of give you an idea of where I was, what perspective I had uh, with regard to that. The uh, I bought the Unmasked cassette mm-hmm. because I had heard that when they came out with Unmasked, they enclosed a picture of themselves at that era unmasked. And ah. how, how awesome would that be to have that? I mean, I've seen them since, you know, right. Fraley's Comet, whatever. But how awesome is that? So I saw the tape at a local record store. I'm like, okay, I'm getting this. You know, it turned out to be one of those cassettes where there's literally nothing inside of the, uh, uh, no liner notes or anything. So bum, that, bum, bum, that's, that's where I was, you know. I, still trying to figure out what, what exactly what had happened in history. Yeah, it was it was very confusing at the time. I remember people coming up and saying, "Well, did they re-record the album with a new lineup?" And I'm like, "No, it's mm. it's remixed. It's, it sounds different, but no, that's pretty much the same thing." And my uh, my CD that I have, uh, my the Kiss Remaster uh, version, mm-hmm. uh, which sounds incredible to me, um, I actually went online, printed out one of those. Uh, that I don't know who made it. Some a fan made it and put it out there uh, with the Vinnie Vincent makeup. Uh, you know, instead of Ace down there in his uh, in his spot on the makeup album cover, I yeah. have Vinnie on there. Wow. And and I love Ace, of course, but I just thought, it, oh, you know, that's cool and it's appropriate. So I'll just print that out and kind of just slide it right in there. Yeah. You've made your own collector's item. Get them <laughs> while you can. Download them while you can. Yeah. Now, were you excited to see KISS do the Creatures theme on the current KISS cruise? I know that your podcast stable mate there, Chris Lathrop, and his lovely wife, Mira, went down there. Have you heard anything from them about it? Yeah, actually, uh, and this is not a plug for our podcast, but um, he basically tells all in uh, the upcoming episode of Pot of Thunder. Ah, very <laughs> his, good. his adventures, his opinions on you know the set list and stuff like that. And I've been uh, going on YouTube and really enjoying. Like I just earlier today, I was listening and watching the uh, Keep Me Coming. Uh, I mean, when was the last time they did that? 1982. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's uh, check out the current version from the Kiss Cruise right here now. <laughs>
right here, right now. <laughs> oh yeah! Wow, it's that we are fucking pumped. yeah, it's that fucking Kool Aid man busting through the wall there. <laughs> you know that guy's really annoying when you think about it. He comes busting through your house doing oh, untold property okay, damage. Yeah. He shows up, screams at everyone. Oh yeah! <laughs> Smashes through the fucking wall, interrupts the uh, dinner table, and starts putting his fluid that's part of his body. Just sprays it all over everyone. Well, if there was a way that, that he could have been killed, he probably would have been by now. But yeah. I'm, I'm thinking there's no way to kill him. There's no way to kill the Kool-Aid man. Because someone would have been hitting him with objects, shooting at him, stabbing him. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's, he's got that Wolverine, Someone would have broke uh, his glass. The superpower that Wolverine has. <laughs> what, he's not written well i mean no oh, uh well. sorry uh <laughs> that's not a superhero power so that's a really good version of of that track what do you, you know what do you think does it hold up i think um it shows you that the songs they wrote that kind of fell flat at the time mm-hmm. that uh they're, most of them are they're viable valid songs that really should be appreciated you know today Absolutely. Now, did you notice Paul was even wearing the tail from the Creatures tour? I didn't notice that. No, you, was he wearing it? Oh, yeah, it's there. Okay, okay. Keep an eye out for that. it. Keep an eye out for it. So, for everybody that bitches about the next Kiss costume, if they ever do another costume, just remember, Paul had a tail in 1982. <laughs> so, well, so. he had a tail, and before that, he had a purple headband yeah and the feathers and everything well yeah it's it goes back to you have to have a sense of humor about it you know people bitch about anything it seems the nature of uh, kiss fans on the internet because i remember pre-internet like you'd be at best buy and somebody would be like in a kiss t-shirt and you guys would like maybe go have lunch and talk about how cool (laughs) kiss is you know and their wives would be like oh this fucking shit again you know what i mean but (laughs) but you might make a friend you know now it's like uh I hate this album, and I hate this lineup, and I hate this song, and if anybody likes it, I'm going to argue with them from now to the end yeah. of time. And you know, So it's, it's it becomes a very divisive thing. Like when the monster costumes came out, people were upset because Gene's, uh, it looked like he had candy corn, you know, those spikes coming <laughs> up, and that Paul yeah. was wearing feathers, and like people on message boards were like losing their shit, right? So I'm like uh, posting pictures of paul from wearing feathers from like 1974 <laughs> up till now yeah and, and, and if, if someone's going to have a problem with an era it's usually not 1974 yeah so if, if you're gonna bitch about paul wearing feathers in 2012 here's you know here's the alive era here's the rock and roll over <laughs> era here's the unmasked era it just, it need we how long do i have to do this shit you know <laughs> I can drop this all day just smacking fools upside the head with Kiss reality. But <laughs> but if you bitch about the next Kiss costume, remember, Paul wore a tail in 1982. So there you go. Whatever <laughs> you think your moral high ground is on what defines a cool Kiss costume and what doesn't, remember oh. that. Well, I'm going to say something that's most likely going to be unpopular, but um, I it. remember uh, from... The million times I watched the Rock and Roll All Night video, the one, you know, from Exposed. Yes. The ultimate, like, Christmas or birthday gift, the thing I wanted, you know, above all else, was Mm -hmm. 
they had that little Ace Fraley doll. Oh, yeah. They, made, they kind of made fun of them, you know, when they where were am showing I? it on the video. Yeah, where, where am I? I don't know. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I remember asking my mom, like, is there any way that this thing exists? And this was, you know, this was pre-internet. So mm-hmm. there was no way. And I didn't end up getting it until the McFarlane figure came out, you know. with the, and, and, of course, this is the infamous Dynasty costume. Yeah. Which, so, oddly enough, was called the Creatures of the Night Set. It sure was, yeah. <laughs> How the hell did that happen? Someone's sleeping know. there in uh, proofreading or copyright, you know. And, come on, guys, wake up. I don't know, but it's, I mean, it's, it would, to me, it was the ultimate. Yeah. You know, at, at that age that I was when I saw that, I'm like, that's just the, if I could have any toy, that's it right there. So I was, I don't care <laughs> that they, uh. They labeled it creatures. It's uh, I was ecstatic. Now, did you wrap little fishing line on yours so you could hang it up and say, "Where am I?" Where am I? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't feel the need to uh, to bash Ace. As, no, no, uh, Gina no. called it in that. Yeah. No. Do you think maybe you trying unsuccessfully to find that prototype or you know or that that uh, that 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 early <laughs> thing or what we would call a. Uh, 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 prototype. <laughs> prototype, if you will. Pro- prototype. Yeah, prototype. yeah. If you know, do you think maybe that's what led you to find these unpublished Kiss prototypes for the show Pot of Thunder? Well, we always just say that um, you know, and whether it's confirmed or not is uh, is really up to the listener. Yes. We always <laughs> say that we are the ultimate uh, the ultimate Kiss collectors. So. <laughs> Well, the uh, the six star uh, Kiss trivia and collector generals we call ourselves. Yeah. What what are some of your wackier <laughs> inventions as far as Kiss merchandise oh that have yet to make it to market that you somehow have gotten somehow a hold it, of? Yeah. The the one that that comes to mind immediately is one that I remember thinking about when I was younger. I wish they had this. This would be awesome. And we actually had a couple listeners say, you know, for the longest time, I thought this was a thing that I could maybe track down and find for myself on the Internet, um, was the uh, is the Gene Simmons demon blood, like, red toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> so while, while you're spitting out your toothpaste, you can reenact the blood spitting, you know? Excellent. That's, that's one that's you know, legitimately like way before we did a podcast. I thought, oh, that that would just be fantastic if they had that, like well, his solo album face on it. You know. Well, didn't you guys do a Gene Simmons Chia Pet <laughs> and a Paul Stanley Chia Pet, where one uh, <laughs> Gene's the top of Gene's hair plume would grow and his tongue would be wet, and the the Paul Stanley <laughs> one, I think the Chia his hair would turn into the chia pet thing but not only that you'd get the the chest hair right um i can't say that i remember that one specifically but that sounds about right that's about the the type of thing that and if on, not on a week if basis, not that present. that should be the next one there you go kiss yeah look look for it on an upcoming pot of thunder here i'm here <laughs> hold on a second I'm, I'm actually giving this to you look here's the kiss chia pet stuff oh, you can use it on an upcoming me. episode you can plug it into the random song generator and see what it spits out yeah and it's always a challenge we try to work in a way to uh to kind of stimulate the random song generator well, you know, to see there's, what it's going to give us. You know, for, for, for people that don't know, the random song generator is almost a sentient life form <laughs> at this point. Yeah. And, and it's been updated through various softwares uh, to include everything from a scanner to a probe to some sort of hole that you can stick things in or stick <laughs> the item in or stick oh. things into the item. I don't know what you guys do in your spare time. 
I'm, well, I mean, I'm kind of aiming this uh, at Andy. He's he's the suspect one with that mustache. It scares me. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the mustache. Know. I don't know how much longer he's holding on. To That's that by Christmas. That'll be gone. <laughs> no one wants to look back at Christmas 2016 pictures and see the unfortunate. Well, mustache. something like that. It always it always comes down to does the significant other favor exactly or, as uh, how long will the wife put up with it before if, if she likes it he yeah. it might be a permanent fixture yeah exactly exactly uh, but I, I, worst worst look I've ever had in my entire life uh, <laughs> was in 1984 or so because Van Halen was huge kisses lick it up. Mm-hmm. Huey Lewis, you know, Bruce Springsteen, Madonna, everything was coming out. But you also had Duran Duran and Culture Club. Uh-huh. There was a girl I was dating named Wendy that loved Culture Club. She did not realize or pick up on the fact that Boy George was, in fact, never going to be interested in her in that way. <laughs> and nothing, when I would remind her... cast a platonic... Uh, yeah, yeah. Like you that. can buy my records, but that's, like, that's it. And uh, she bought me a Culture Club t-shirt. And there's a picture of me with a Duran Duran type hat with a Japanese scarf (laughs) around my neck wearing a Culture Club t-shirt. But the most embarrassing thing was a Bunny Carlos looking type mustache on top of it all. Oh, fantastic. It is the worst I've ever looked. Now, you know what though? I I, I personally have hate rage when I look at that picture and I want well, to punch just myself. Well, help me out because I've been, I try to think of my Halloween costumes a year early, so my so, 2017 is, is taken care of already. Yeah. <laughs> 1984 Ken Mills. <laughs> One unfortunate afternoon. I know that when the film came back like the next week, I went and shaved <laughs> immediately. Uh, well, I think everybody tries out a mustache. You know, yeah, it was kind of the mustache that only a school bus driver could love, or something like that. Like, <laughs> you know, you had to sell insurance. You just, mm. it just looked like the guy who had no will to live in his career. He just <laughs> kill me now, please kill me now. And I, that's what I looked like. And so we got out of that relationship, and life got better. So anyhow, that was 1984. I don't know why I brought it up, but I did. Oh so. well, hey, embarrassing mustaches with the. Finally, the podcast meets the pot of thunder, and we talk embarrassing facial hair. So, well, I mean, if if that kind of conversation turns people off, then they they may not like pot of thunder because <laughs> it's it's a there's a lot of going off on tangents. Like yeah. Well, we're just having fun. I, I've been wanting to to hook up with you guys. We've wanted to do all three of you guys, but it's hard with everybody's schedules to do this. But um, I wanted to extend a welcome hand three years later, however many thousands of years you've been doing this now, but I've been wanting to, to have you on since I heard the first episode. Oh, well, thank you. And, um, and yeah, we've been in contact, you know, for quite a while. Now. Oh yeah. And so it's, and we've it's been running your ads and, uh, yes. You know, and thank you for that. We, you and I were going to do some anti kiss <laughs> podcast, political commercials, like really podcast. You think you're the number one podcast, you know, for, yeah. for kiss fans. Well, let's look at that a little closer, you know. So yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, yeah. that's something I would still like to do, like do a uh, almost an Andy Kaufman kind of a thing. You know, where we're, where it sounds like we're fighting, but we're not. I think this would be yeah, cool. A, a, a Fred Allen, Jack Benny feud with and, a modern day version of it. And then when I come on your show, 
uh, we're going to do a heel turn where Andy will uh, hit you and Chris with a chair, and we'll we'll take the song generator and leave. So it'll be. Yeah, fantastic. You know, he's the one that he's always said that he would abandon us. <laughs> like, funny to funny to uh, that you bring that up because uh, this is probably a couple years ago. Andy's always been a big Chris Jericho. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you guys. It, it seems like Chris Jericho will do Kistry Science Theater and Pot of Thunder, but what me worry when it comes to the podcast? So take that, Jericho. Oh wow, I had no idea there was heat there. Throwing a little heat your way, buddy. Throwing shade. No, we we love Jericho. It's uh, he's he's a he's a a good Kiss ambassador, especially for '80s non makeup Kiss. And, yes, uh, he loves know. that stuff. Yeah, and I mean, and really nice guy. We you know we we had him on an episode. Yeah, and it, we were like, like, really, we're having you know somebody that people, people that <laughs> a celebrity more or less, you know. Yeah. Well. And um, Andy always said, like as a joke, um, that well, I don't know, maybe not as a joke, that if Chris Jericho contacted him and wanted him to be on his podcast, that he would he, immediately, he wouldn't even jump ship. Not even a cordial goodbye to us. He would Just be gone. Yeah. A chair, yeah. and he's out the door. And and that came from uh, the fact that. And I don't know, we, we never even found out if there was a correlation, uh, but Jericho for a while there was calling his talk as Jericho. He was calling it the Pot of Thunder. Yes, I remember. I remember. And, and there wasn't, uh, there was never any actual controversy, or, yeah, excuse me, any controversy or anything oh, like no, that. Oh no, say it like the Brits do, controversy. Well, you had to cut out a few syllables. <laughs> yeah. Controversy. Yeah, it's it's what. <laughs> It's Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, Worcestershire. So, anyhow, I just want to tell you that I'm a big fan of Pot of Thunder. Just know that right now. It is an honor to have you on the show, and we look forward to maybe having the other guys come on as well. And we'll yeah, just, you probably uh, don't need to do that. No, nah, we. I love them to pieces. I, I can't imagine great. they would have anything worthwhile to say. So. Oh, that's nonsense. If, <laughs> if nothing else, we talk about how lucky uh, Chris is to have his beautiful wife and got to go on the cruise and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but a great bunch of guys, folks. Check out Pot of Thunder, podcast approved. Podcast approved. We love them. Thank you for coming on the show. It really was mm-hmm. an honor, and to talk a little bit about why you love creatures. Okay, uh, and I just want to reciprocate that it is an honor to be on what I honestly consider to be the quintessential uh, KISS podcast. Well, we might be the quintessential KISS podcast, but we are not the recognized symbol of excellence. <laughs> well, it's just because you didn't think of that tagline first. That's all. That's true. But but we, I, I do feel that you guys are right up there. And uh, seriously, <laughs> welcome to the KISS podcast community. Oh. Thank you very much. I know that Joe Polo is a big fan of yours as well, and and we we all got to take care of one another. It's this is this is a cool thing to be part of. Seriously, it really is. I I will agree. I did. It's not something that I don't think any of us anticipated. No, you know, that, none of us that, did. That any other Kiss podcast would listen or care or whatever. You know. Well, anyway, thank you for for being on the show. Seriously, it's uh, it's been quite a thrill and an honor. Thank you. Andy Jones.
This is Nick Jones from the Pot of Thunder podcast, and you are listening to Podkist. There you go. And I'm going to do one for you. This is Ken Mills of the Podkist, and you are listening to the recognized symbol of excellence in KISS podcasting, the mighty Pod of Thunder. Take that, See, now, bitches. Now I, have, now, I have to tap, now I have to try to top that one. Okay, go ahead. This is Nick Jones from the Pod of Thunder podcast, and you are listening to the Podkist, the greatest podcast in the history of the world. Aw, shucks. The, well, honestly, the ass-kissing though, a... uh, admiration society will be back. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that, uh, that uh, solo album uh, special, that was fantastic. Thank you. Uh, that, was, that was done at a weird time. I was really ill, and I couldn't talk. <laughs> we had to get a show out and I contact I could only talk for like 10 minutes at a time Wow! and I'd lose my voice and I contacted Ghosty Timmers is his name, one of his names but David Wills and he's a professional disc jockey he actually played Peter Chris in uh, the MTV where they would have the, the bands fight what was that oh, called? Yeah, death yeah, ma- yeah, celebrity Deathmatch yeah the claymation uh, yeah, he, he actually was a voice of one of the NSYNC guys and Peter Chris in that episode. <laughs> so uh, he's actually played Peter Chris. You know, how many people can say that? You know, this is Nick from the Pod of Thunder, and you are listening to Podcast. More cumulative downloads than music from the Elder. Ouch! Zing. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Tommy Thayer, and you're listening to Podkiss. Rock on. This one's called Radioactive!
the new unofficial and unsanctioned KISS book, Odyssey, the definitive examination of music from the elder, KISS's cult classic concept album, in hardback, paperback, and digital formats. Co-authored by Tim McFate and Julian Gill, the 500-page book shines the investigative spotlight on the most controversial and mysterious album in the KISS catalog. Through a series of more than 30 long-form interviews and more than 10 topical features, Odyssey offers the definitive examination of KISS's lone concept album, which has attained cult classic status among a segment of diehard KISS fans and provides an unobstructed window into a fascinating period in history. The book's interviews were conducted with individuals who either worked on the project directly or have a connection of sorts, including professionals who have never told their elder story. Readers will gain unique perspectives regarding the album's creative process, commercial release, and legacy, in addition to reading many fun antidotes and recollections from the interviewees. For further information, please visit kissodyssey.com or follow Odyssey Elder Book on Facebook. Author interview inquiries can be sent to elderbook at kissodyssey.com. We'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. As of this recording... KISS has announced a world tour in 2017, so we'll be back with news on that soon. We want to thank Julian Gill from the KISS FAQ podcast, and we would like to thank Nick Jones for stopping by from the Mighty Pot of Thunder. We will see you on the next episode of Your Podcast. Happy holidays. Talk to you soon. Bye. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkiss crew, thank you for listening to Podkiss, the KISS fanzine for your ears. Check out these ads from the following shows. We are proud to call them the friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. We're a scene man. That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party, and you are invited. Tune into the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers, Jody Habnock, Clinton Harris, and D Rock. Join us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. That's Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or Podomatic.com. We'll see you there. It's time to play Hooky with the Wookie with Matt Porter in the Kiss Room. You wanted the best, you got the best. And if you want the hottest show on Monco Radio, join us in the Kiss Room. The Kiss Room is a monthly radio broadcast celebrating the hottest band in the world. Kiss! It's 
your place for all things KISS and some... For broadcast dates and all information, go to thekissroom.com. The Kiss Room broadcasts live and worldwide on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Hey, I'm Dr. Fuck. And I'm the Ayatollah of Alcohola. And we are from the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. If you want to check out some crazy, uncensored, unbiased, totally nuts reviews of classic hard rock and heavy metal albums, check us out. You can get us on Podbean and iTunes. New episodes every Sunday. That's right. And we also do each other's moms. True. Free of charge. Well, mine charges. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine's free. History Science Theater. The most civilized? Yeah. Oh, f***. <laughs> oh, f***. <laughs> Come on. Respectful. Just imagine Gene with like, like a, with like a washed up bass. Boom, 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 boom. And serious. No, wait. Excuse me, Bob. You're going to come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss podcast on the web. History science theory. We bust balls because we care. Rock and roll and vinyl are meant to go together. <laughs> like drummers and strippers. <laughs> That's right. So maybe it's time to hop on down to your local record store and go digging for some lost gems on vinyl. And that's exactly what we do here at the Shabby Road Record Show. We pick selections from our own personal record collections, and then we discuss the songs, the artists, the albums, and the stories about the music that you may have never heard. And there's nothing more fun than listening to two knuckleheads spinning vinyl and talking music. So dive on into the five-star rated podcast, the Shabby Road Record Show. You can subscribe for free on iTunes, Spreaker, and Stitcher, where there's a new episode released every Tuesday. Also, you can find us on Facebook and at our website, ShabbyRoadRecordShow.com. Hey, everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. Podcast Rock City. What's up, everybody? This is Joe from Podcast Rock City, where every week, me and my crew will bring you the Kiss News of the Week. Look at us as kind of a KISS version of Meet the Press, your source for KISS news every week. We're on iTunes, Podomatic, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, KISS Army. Since 2007, you've been getting PodKissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hi, this is Jason Herner with Kiss My Wax, a brand new podcast about all things Kiss Vinyl. 
Be sure to join myself, Andrew Scambatti, and Tom Shannon each episode as we discuss the crazy world of collecting KISS vinyl. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash kissmywax and on YouTube by searching Kiss My Wax. We hope to see you all there. Oh, we're great at that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, we are amateurs. Yeah, I make all the sex sounds with my mouth afterwards. <laughs> Squish. Ooh. This place oh. is nice. Right? I'm glad you wore your nice flip-flops. <sighs> Stay frosty, man. Okay.